Hey students, welcome to episode 14 of the Film Student Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Lazzaroni, and this month I've got something a little special lined up for you. For the next four weeks, which also happen to be the last four weeks before the Harold Ramis Film School submission deadline on May 31st, I'll be interviewing graduates of the program to find out what they got out of their time here and what they're up to now. My first guest for the month is Erickson Dockery from the Blue Cohort. We talk about his unmatched love for the show The Office, purposefully making people uncomfortable, and Erickson's upcoming web series Micro. Let's hear from our first graduate guest. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! Why do you always have to say it that way? Haven't you ever heard of a little thing called showmanship? It's funny because it's really easy to find me on social media because I'm the only Erickson Dockery, especially really? spelled that way. Yeah. So if you type in Erickson Dockery, like it's literally just me. If you did it on Facebook, see that's gonna be useful for the Hollywood end of things. Yeah. Like <laughs> when you want when you want somebody to find you because I, so I have Tony Lazaroni and I'm one of two. There, right. are, there is another one, and, exactly. and actually, there's a third that was in the Pro Golf Hall of Fame. Oh, that's nice. But that was Anthony Lazaroni. But yeah, okay. there's no, the other guy makes rifles. Oh, <laughs> so, so rifles, comic, and golfer. That seems like the white yeah. guy, like <laughs> trifecta. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that is like you have the whitest name. If you find out that there's like a KKK, that got a little <laughs> like real, real quick. I apologize. No, like, that's okay. That's like the next step of that you know <laughs> so you're you're the first uh graduate of the program that i've that i've had on this uh, so far yeah awesome. so breaking in the uh the the old school the old school even though so that's the weird thing too because i'm i'm the third oldest person in my cohort and right. I know i'm one of the older ones like mm -hmm. coming into the program right. so i'm i'm an underclassman to upperclassmen that are sometimes a decade younger than me yeah yep. <laughs> i was like one of the i think when i was going through it there's only one person in the program younger than me so oh really yeah i'm yeah. fairly young so well the um i had leva pierce on uh, yeah, she's, um, and she's she's uh, 18 yeah. and eric freddy is also 18 but right. leva's doing this as a gap year right and she's gonna go to university she man if I, I would be worried about it if I was her because I would not go back to regular school. Yeah. I didn't go to regular college to begin with, but yeah. like especially after doing this, I was just like <laughs> So did you just come straight out of high school and went straight for this or no, was it I uh, went from high school doing stand up in LA for a while. I oh yeah. About that. yeah. No, it's okay. Um I, I did stand up in LA for about like four and a half years before coming to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. And uh what what got you into that? Were you did you start that stuff when you were in high school, or did you just decide Stand drop up? everything and move? Yeah, uh, I was. Well, I'm from Orange County, so oh, okay. I was born in. Um, so the move was very short. <laughs> move was yeah. The uh, the I moved when I was six. Okay, uh, and then. Um, I tried stand up the first time because a girl who I had a crush on told me to, you know. <laughs> Now here That's we are, seven years later, and this is my career. And where is she? <laughs> she is. I have not talked to her. <laughs> so it's like a blessing in disguise, you know. Yeah. I haven't talked to her in years, but she helped me find that helped thing. you find the the actual passion. Right. Not not with her, not but with her. in in other in other ways. Exactly. So you so started out with stand up, uh, and was this had you always wanted to do film related stuff, or was did this just kind of seem like? another thing that you wanted to put on the, on the resume no so i started off with stand-up and then i was meeting with like a mentor of mine and i i asked him like how i can progress my stand-up career mm -hmm. and he told me to start taking acting and improv classes 
so I started taking acting and improv classes at Second City in LA. In LA, yeah. And I was doing that for about a year. And then one of the improv instructors, he used to be the head of the acting program here. Her name is Nancy Hayden. Okay. She is phenomenal. She wrote on the uh, season one of Detroiters. She's a writer. Nice. And uh, she uh, she told me I should come here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, they're doing this thing at the Second City in Chicago. You should do it. And then I here I am. Nice. I'm, n- I'm not much of a film person. Really? Actually, I really like TV. I definitely did this for like the TV aspect of it mm-hmm. and like learning. So I guess like that's kind of film, like but like movies. It's a shorter form, it's, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, movies still still storytelling. You got to be able to to do both. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I think one of the one of the best pieces of of information I got from any of the classes coming in to start off with was how to break down like the thing that you're adapting into like what medium it would be a best fit for. Mm-hmm. So like an anecdote makes like a web series or a short film right. versus like a short story makes uh, makes a feature film versus a, right. like a novel really is more of a series in yeah. a lot of cases or for a mini sure. series or something like that, For sure, uh, which makes a lot of sense because a lot of the big novels that I've seen converted into film just always seem to be cutting, 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 right, cutting. Because they don't have time to right. put everything in there. There's so much detail in a book. Exactly. And, yeah. and and so versus if you get to do that in like a, a mini series or something like that, then you can put all that detail in. Right. It just then gets tougher to make it episodic. Exactly. And actually make it feel like it's it and not just, you know, an anthology that you're watching right. six hour a six hour movie mm-hmm. divided up into six parts. It's you're right, exactly. And then you're like, well that was like a major turning point in the book and they just left it out. Yeah. Like, you know, it'd be interesting to see the I mean, I like the Harry Potter movies, but it'd be interesting to see those readapted as series. Oh yeah. Yeah. To that. see it broken out that way. Well yeah. and that and I think you're seeing that a little bit now with the series of unfortunate events. Right. Because you saw, well, like that was scenes. just like there's no way they could have made that. Like, yeah, a g- g- did they? Well, ever they, make they a did. Movie of that? They did. Uh, uh, they had Jim Carrey as. Oh as, my god, I remember as, that. As uh, as what's I guess his I name? suppressed yeah. that memory because it was awful. It, right, and that's, <laughs> but that was the thing. They tried to do too <laughs> much in one film, and right. then they do turn around and do that. Basically, what that and I think it was just that entire first film as the first season of the show, and the show is able to just do so much more with better, it because right. they can. You can sit in moments for longer. You right. don't just have to keep it flowing constantly. Right. Um, but yeah. So so you so yeah. TV yeah. TV's TV not that guy. far removed. Right. Uh, what what stuff are you? What stuff would you want to go work on? Or or are you trying to trying to get into? Uh, Insecure. Okay. The HBO show Issa yep. Rae. I think she's one of the most important people on TV right now. Uh, and then also Donald Glover, Atlanta. Of yeah. course. Just those two shows are like my ideal. Um, I really like the show Friends from College with okay. uh, on Netflix. Have you heard? Have you seen I've, that show? I've heard of it. I've, I've watched it. But I like yeah. that show a lot. That show would be cool. Um, I'm trying to think, Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> a little Dan Harmon every once in a while. Yeah, oh, yeah, just a little bit though. You don't want to too much of that. <laughs> yeah, I was a huge. I was a huge Community fan. Okay. So yeah. Ironically, I didn't like Community. Really? Yeah, I love Don Glover. Oh. I like. Rick and Morty like Dan Harmon. I did not like Community. What was it? What, what, any specific reasoning, or, or was it the? It, I like things that are grounded. Okay. And that show is not very grounded to me. It uh, it, it it separates from grounded pretty quickly. Right, and yeah. the re I, unless it's like a cartoon, which is why I like Rick and Morty because Rick and Morty is so. I was gonna say you like things that are grounded, but, <laughs> but <laughs> Rick and Morty. <laughs> but Rick and Morty is a cartoon, so it's like right away, like okay, like. Right. 
they can do whatever they want. It's a cartoon. Right. But like when I'm watching like a movie, that's part of the reason why I don't like films. Like the gender, I mean, not the gender, the genre of films that I do really like is like Mumblecore. Mm-hmm. So like I'm a big Joe Swanberg fan. So uh, uh, Drinking Buddies. Drinking and Buddies, Win It All. Yeah. Like that type of stuff. And then Francis like, Ha. That, right. That, that, okay. Easy. I'm a huge fan of that. Like the seeing something that feels very real. Mm-hmm. Easy is another show that like I love. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think... I'm what guessing you're probably a fan of uh, high ma- high maintenance too. I haven't watched that one, but what I, like all of it, but what I have watched, I love. Or yeah. like Curb Your Enthusiasm, also. Okay. Just like that kind of like the really cringeworthy stuff. Like my okay. favorite show of all time is like The Office. Like my favorite thing to ever happen, and like that's very basic. I will go on record as saying that I don't think. I never met someone who I believe likes it as much as I do. Oh, really? And like, I, you'll never convince me. Like, what that show means to me is like on like another level. Like yeah. Michael Scott, just like because like he's like the epitome of like what. Like, I I wish they would still have that show because he would be the perfect person to be on TV right now to kind of show the mirror to like Trump voters because sure. he would be the biggest Trump supporter ever. Yeah. But in the worst way, like, but in the worst slash best way possible. Yeah, for worst slash. So he he would be very much. Um, it wouldn't be he he would be for the the the, the positive aspects that, that they all want to trumpet to to be right. be like oh he right. believes in family and the, this that and the other right. and yeah yeah and just like his inability to get things yeah like his in, like just how every, uh, yeah. That's why he's like he's on the wall right there. It's <laughs> crazy. Steve Carell's photos is up on the wall along with Tim Meadows, mm. Amy Sedaris, Stephen Colbert. I always this one always weirds me out. Tim Meadows is in, gets his like upper and lowercase name. Everybody else is just all caps. It's a black thing. <laughs> it could be. It might be. I don't know. He just looks like he didn't want to take the picture. Like he looks very <laughs> upset in this photo. It's it's very much like don't smile in photos. It's right. that look. That's a black thing. That is. You can't show weakness. No, that was that was my, that was my <laughs> uh, friend of mine back in DC. He he's yeah, very much don't smile in photos. Um, the couple times I got photos with him smiling, I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. oh my god, yeah. That's mug shots. That's a big deal. <laughs> mug shots. <laughs> but um, so I I feel like there was a time in uh, for NBC where they had Community Thirty Rock, uh, The Office, and Parks and Rec. Right. And like that was kind of like murderer's row of mm. there's there's so many people that, that I think source themselves in one of those four right. as like this is my style. Right. So like you're you're mm. firmly in that department. I'm very much in the community right. uh, end of things. I know For people sure. that are very Parks and Rec. Like Parks and Rec is just like it's kind of like a fusion of those two things. It actually. is. It's like an in between. I don't like Parks and Rec. Really? Yeah. It's a ripoff. <laughs> it's the same show, just not as good. How about uh, how about Thirty Rock though? Thirty Rock. I never it, watched. It, I was too young. Oh, uh, see, Thirty Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock. I, I feel like is in the same vein as, as Community. In fact, um, Donald Glover wrote on Thirty Rock. Before, right. Yeah. 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 Of course. Before he went on to, to do mm-hmm. Community. But like that's the thing. Like when, so like when that show was like in its like prime, I was like, because when was that show running? That was like early two thousands, right? Yeah, and it was it was it went up. I don't know when it actually ended, but there was—I believe there was a time where it was all four of those were on for like. Yeah, they were definitely on at the same time. Yeah, but even like The Office, because like I started watching that probably like season three. Mm-hmm. Um, just at the start of all of that, like especially the start of Thirty Rock and through most of it, I was like a kid. Like I wasn't yeah. watching that type of show, and I remember the first show that I really watched like that was The Office. The mm-hmm. first episode I saw was The Injury. 
Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one where like he burns his foot? Yeah, yeah. So like, and like I didn't know what I was watching. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> so and then that was what got me into that like world. From I there. I read an article the other day that was talking about like the the best Office episodes and the one that they centered on that was like their favorite was the dinner party. Oh, I watched that last night. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, that's from that's a phenomenal episode. Which is just like, and it, it's 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 an interesting practice because they were like we were, our focus was to just try and put all these people in uncomfortable situations in mm-hmm. as small and like uncomfortable space together as possible right. and just let them stew in that. I love those, which is what that's one of my favorite episodes. And that's like my style of comedy. That's why I like the office so much where it's like, I like to make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 cause I'm overly comfortable most of the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so like things that bother other people don't, bother me yeah so i like to um i like to push people to a point to see like what does bother them and then like try and figure out why yeah which kind of makes me a dick but it's like it's funny yeah i'm just kidding like i don't do anything mean but like (laughs) like i like to make really awkward racist jokes to white people knowing that they can't laugh and they just but it's funny and then they just sit there and have to like and then i like to just push it to see like until like it gets to a point where they say something i want i kind of want to see you oh yeah no yeah. no, I, I get that i i want, I want to see that i action. do that to colleen all the time oh, really? like every time she says something that's like can be taken that way i'm like oh that's racist and she's and you know Colleen, she's a sweetheart, and like she gets so. My my old roommate <laughs> used to do something not dead on like this, but a, a decent amount. His his mother passed away when he was in college, right? And so like whenever somebody would say would tell like a dead mom joke or anything like that, like right. he, was, he, he would just. My mom died when I, I lost my mom. Right. <laughs> and he, and he knew he was screwing with people every right. single time, and like he 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 did. Don't get me wrong. He misses his mother, but like, no, yeah, <laughs> but yeah but like that's he's, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's he's over it to the point that he can he can mess with people that way, and right. it was it was just funny to watch people like, like it was, it's always that that initial where like, <laughs> oh wait, wait are, you, right. are you serious? And oh the defense God, mechanism too. Wait, is this a joke? Like <laughs> 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 they don't know how to read, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then just really let it sit there. Yeah, like did he ever start like crying? Not when I was with him, but I wouldn't put it past him. Like that's really funny. I think he, I think he probably could cry on on command if he wanted to. See, like I, I like that guy already. Like, <laughs> like that's like, cause like also like, like I don't know. I just think people are too sensitive, mm-hmm. and I think that the world is really funny if you just like look at things. And I, I kind of laugh at like the wrong things. Like if someone were to walk in here right now and just like shout the n-word yeah like a lot of people would get like really offended offended yeah. and mad and and i would think that's hilarious off. it's probably a defense mechanism as like a way of not deal having to deal with it you know but like that's just really funny because like the definition of comedy is literally that it's like did rachel mason ever tell you the story about uh about her mom's ashes no if you talk when you talk to her i'm not gonna i'm not gonna recount it because i don't want to for for the audience and, and oh, ruin yeah. it ruin their chance of hearing it because coming from her it's hysterical but effectively she is that person in her family oh that's great that like gallows humor is like her thing oh i, I love rachel rachel's one yeah. of my favorite people in this building 
So uh, the last time we recorded, so we're up on the third floor in Second City Training Center because our normal spot that I record the podcast in was, <laughs> was taken. So this is actually where we sat for the very first episode that I recorded okay. uh, with with Bridie. And while Bridie we were Hicks? sitting here, uh, no, uh, Bridie Drasovich. That's in. Okay. Uh, okay. That's we, there were two Brideys, believe yes. it or not, in this training center program. Yes. Less than 200 people have gone through it and there's, and there's two, two varieties. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, Rachel walked by cause she had a, uh, a, class a, a workshop or something that was going on in the, in the room next mm-hmm. door. And we were like in the middle of talking about her. It's like, yeah, there's Did, Rachel she, <laughs> <laughs> Did she say anything? Uh, she said hi. Like, mm. I don't think she really knew what was going on. Cause this was still, this wasn't a thing at that point. In every time. time I see, like, I, I feel like if she saw like us doing that now, she'd be like, what are you assholes doing? <laughs> It's like a very Rachel Mason the thing. Yeah, see, I was still, we were both still new people to her. She, I don't oh, think she, yeah. there, was, there was there was that lack of comfort. Like, all right, how far could I could I push? Oh this? yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's that whole don't alienate them this early on, right? <laughs> oh, dude, did she not do that to you guys? Our first day of class, the first thing she said to us was, I think so. She put something up on the board, and then she said. So what was the movie that was shot on an iPhone that won uh, an Oscar or whatever? Uh, Tangerine. He's Tangerine. She's like, Tangerine won an Oscar and it was shot on an iPhone. So if any of you say that you don't have the means to make a good movie, well, fuck you. <laughs> that was the first thing she said to us. And we were all just like, who the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> she, <laughs> The first thing she said to our class, she walks in and it was there were auditions that were going on for like other Second City shows that yeah. day. Right. Because we were in the... Um, the uh, screening room for right. class. Uh, and so she had to walk through that. And she goes, my favorite thing to do for people that auditioning is to just walk through and crop dust the audition. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, is that a bad way to introduce myself to the crowd? <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> she is a great human being. We need more just of her in the world. <laughs> more Rachel Mason. Uh, no, she's. I'm I'm sad that I don't have her for, for classes this, this term coming up. But. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll cross paths at some point in time again. You'll I'm see. Her. You probably will get a friend, Prof. Okay. Yeah. That actually, w- there was. I think talk of changing Grant. out ours. Uh, right now we're sc- we're supposed to have Jeff for this next term, but that was on paper, and that may change. So we will we will see. But Interesting. yeah, she cracked me up. Oh, and then so we because of like scheduling stuff and c- coming on board, we got her and Mike Gifford at the same time. Nice. Did you ever have Mike for? Which is that the tall skinny dude who that's not a good way to describe someone, but he wears like weird pants and <laughs> as I was getting a better way of describing people. <laughs> um, He's he 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 and Rachel are, are like they literally call themselves like class mom and dad. Like they're, they're, Mike they're, Gifford? Uh Mike Gifford. I don't know who that is. Yeah. But uh, so I he's, might he's if new I faculty. Him. So he he was. Oh. I think he was probably just doing. Uh, um, he's new. He, he's new. Yeah, he's then new. He may he may have done like so. He substituted for our class a couple times, okay. and that went well enough that. Yeah, Rachel had to miss a lot of classes for all the classes but ours. Oh really? Yeah, it's funny because like there are a lot of yeah. So but she uh, yeah she never we never had a sub for her, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. So coming out on the other side of the program, like, do you, what did you feel like you really got out of having done this whole program? Well, that's so, all I can talk about is my experience. Yeah. What I got a few things out of it. Um, the first thing that I got out of this, especially for anyone who's thinking about coming in it at a much younger age, mm-hmm. is which is the perspective I can teach from, is that you are going to learn a way to conduct yourself professionally in the mm-hmm. industry 
like a very highly how do I pr- functional yeah you're going to learn a very highly you're like you will learn how to be a professional in this mm-hmm. program and and you will be put past a lot of people who are entering to this world just kind of trying to enter it mm-hmm. right away because the things that they're teaching us as far as like like you said like the story bible the mm-hmm. pitching the pitch decks how to handle pitch meetings and things like that just like those little like day-to-day workshops yeah that stuff like it can seem kind of mundane in certain points and i'm and for some people it's not necessarily the way they like to create i loved it mm-hmm. and i think that you it's like very effective because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who just want to be a writer and they just write things and like you said like you never thought to do any of that yeah until you came here yeah story bibles and uh and you know outline i did uh, my own kind of outline but it wasn't like the same format to Mm -hmm. i didn't think of things in terms of like go back to the pitch and actually be able to pitch it not only to a prospective audience or or buyer but even just pitch it to yourself right and just be able to make it make sense enough in a pitch that that distills down the general idea enough for you to go build a whole story around it. Right. Uh, and so they, it's it's a lot of figuring out, all right, where do you, do I need to start? Because exactly, my start yeah. point and your start point might be completely different, and neither of them are wrong. Right. But if we've got ten different options of starting points, mm-hmm. then there's there's always some place to go. Right. Um. Because and. You know, uh, so we put this thing together called a story bible. For anyone that doesn't know what that is, um, it's basically like a, a, a photo sheet with a lot of text information about kind of the overall story and layout of the film uh, or TV series or whatever that you're putting together. And for me, I went through and started outlining for a feature, got most of the way through Act Two, and then the assignment came up to put together the story bible. And mm. one of the ones that Cat showed us was uh, the Cat O'Brien showed us was. Uh, uh, for Stranger Things, yes, and Phenomenal. which is is a gorgeous story bible, like fully stylized, like they, they could print this, yeah, and and sell it as a book, like oh yeah, is, for sure, it is and people would buy it. It's absolutely, just a funny thing. oh yeah, like I'm, I would probably buy that, actually, yeah, like because I like Stranger Things a lot too. Like, yeah, they make like, it look like this very cool. distressed book, like it's right. it like so, like you would have found it in the town, just right. like sitting on the shelf someplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they the, they produced that, and that gave them a good back end for you know what the story was going to be the course of season one where season two could go give a layout of all yeah. the different characters and and so you know we're, we're tasked with building something like that and i went through and built that for mine based on what i'd had up to that point and wound up rewriting uh a, a good chunk of it uh-huh. uh just based on on what you know what that skill was yeah and, right. and, and just because like it i got to see it from a different angle even, makes, but even beyond that stuff though but just like the way of like handling yourself like day to day like for me personally i wasn't even close to on top of my shit as far as like emailing and communicating with people Mm. as far as like how you need to in a working world like you know what i mean it's a good it's a good school that like you are going to do it for a year and mm-hmm. probably fail, but you're going to do it. You're failing at a very low, uh, low, low risk. risk. Like they yeah. want you to fail, but like you're doing stuff. Like how many people? <laughs> they want you to learn from failure. <laughs> Ooh, like, they, they want you to fail. No. <laughs> <laughs> how many people? Like there's so many videos that got made yeah. that I guarantee you would not have gotten made if people didn't have this 
like these deadlines on the system yeah. in place to where you have to go do shove it shove you over the edge yeah. to go get it done like go do it you have a group of people who are here with you mm-hmm. who want you to help it get like i want to help you get it done and you build on those relationships like it's right. pretty much showing you like okay like what was your excuse so i don't have anyone to help me okay well here's 15 people to help you well i don't have any equipment okay here's all the equipment well i don't have a space okay we'll give you a space like yeah you don't have an excuse after that point so you have to go do it and then you understand the process of getting it done and right. you take that with you and what then, was the, what was the stuff that you were creating when you were here like what did what did you oh, end up doing for your final <laughs> What was your final? My final, um, it's not done yet, but, well, I mean, okay, I'm, I still want to make small changes to it. It's called Fucking Millennials. Okay. Um, it is, (laughs) it is about a woman who hits a young college student with her car. Okay. And, um, she offers, she asks him what she can do to avoid him, you know, suing her. And he's a poor college art student and asks for dinner and they go and they spend the night together. They have a good night together. I saw yours yes. uh, in one of the screenings. Uh, Which one? Um, Dax's screening? Yeah, I think so. Did he so. show my film? Yeah. I told him not to. Yeah, because it, uh, <laughs> it was the audio. Uh, it was you, fucked you lost, up. You lost yeah. a bunch of the audio I heard. Yes. Oh. We, we, day three, we lost all the audio from day three. Oh. And... I was gonna have to. I was happy because I was gonna have to ADR all that. Yeah. And um, then my DP told me his camera was recording audio the whole time. Luckily, we were still able to salvage it and use it um, for the screening. I think we're gonna. Yeah. So they still that scene was is being reshot and it's being recut because mm-hmm. before it's getting submitted to film festivals and yeah. stuff like that. But the the plan is still to try and submit and. Oh and yeah, see definitely. I think. There. Yeah. Um, Yes, yes. Because I didn't yes. think it, was, it wasn't bad performances or anything like that. It's just no. It's, the performances are great. You're actually Ed pulled out Cassie, of it just because of that audio. These are my two actors, right? Yeah. They are listening to this because Ed is a former student, so he. Might, oh, okay. Ed, I love you. You did great. Your performance was amazing. I fucked up. <laughs> is he one of those people that thinks like it's it's on him that it that it didn't come out in the world? Or no, I just want to make sure. I another thing that happened. You want it to on me public record? Year, <laughs> yeah. Another thing that happened to me this year is I learned. That sometimes you can say offensive things, and even if you don't mean it to be oh, offensive, yeah. doesn't mean that people don't get offended by it. Sure. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure he knew I was taking responsibility for that. I'm I'm aware of that. I've done that plenty in my life. Yes. <laughs> Not that I'm an asshole. I hope I don't sound like that. This is how I think. And it's, I it's yeah. You just don't talk. Know, sometimes you're just you're just honest. Yeah. <laughs> Honesty isn't necessarily mean. It's just well, how it's I was raised to be very. I, I blame my mom because she raised me. This is a great thing that she did actually, and I'm really happy that she did it. But it worked a little too well. She raised me <laughs> where, um, when I was a kid, if I lied, like let's say I didn't brush my teeth, if yeah. I lied, and she's like, "Did you brush your teeth?" and I'm like, "Yes," and then she went and got my toothbrush, and the answer was no, because you know it's like dry. dry. Then I would get grounded for like six weeks, like an absurd amount of time. Ooh. And if I just said, oh, no, then she'd be like, okay, go brush them. And it was like that for everything. So, like, after a while, like, I would tell, like, these little white lies and just constantly get screwed. And, like, it would, it, and then at, at a certain point, like, I would just confess to everything right away and then deal with, like, usually there wouldn't so be you any learn to, trouble. It's, it's better to fail honestly than it is to lie effectively. Yes. Interesting. So now... 
whenever people ask me a question, I answer it. Yeah. Very honestly, which doesn't always work. No, but, but it, nobody ever doesn't know where they stand in a situation. I right. get that. That oh, makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. <laughs> and I, I, I could see how that's going to have an impact too on how you how you direct uh, scenes and stuff like that too because you're you're going to mm-hmm. be a little bit more no nonsense I no. would assume really what do you mean like on set like no like what do you mean no nonsense no nonsense not not like that you can't have fun but like you're not going to you're not going to dance around something that you don't like you're probably going to be a little more direct on That's direct on directing I don't know I probably wouldn't be but like I like to I let my actors make a lot of choices yeah I give, I'm like very much like, I very much take the route of, so I'll build a story. This is how I want to be, at least. I build a story and then I work on getting the actor to really know the character. Mm-hmm. And then, like, very mumblecore esque as mm-hmm. far as like get the actor to know the character and then. They can like, speak from that voice yeah, almost this, this as well as you can or the writer can. Yeah. Exactly. This is yeah. the situation that just happened yeah. now react how you think this person would act and then i'll direct them from there which takes sometimes long takes a lot of redo like just resets it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. about like me saying like i didn't like that it's like let's do it again but let's throw this curveball at you and see see where it comes yeah yeah which i think is is closer to a stage stage direction end of things like that's what i know mossman's class it's it's very much i love mossman's class yeah i did yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to kind of continuing that because we get them again in term two. Uh, so right, because Hancock's not teaching this term. I guess, yeah. Yeah. So yes. so it'll be interesting to continue on with that. Interesting, yeah. But um, so what are you trying to do now? Are you trying to do direction? Are you trying to write? Are you uh, wanting to to work in development? What's your what's your uh, inkling at the moment? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever uh, job opens up. Oh uh, yeah. Um, that's such a hard question. I just like to do everything. Mm-hmm. I don't really have like. Right now, I'm work. It's like I'm lean. I'm getting into a lot of producing stuff. I want to kind of re- go back to like the start though and be like performer. I'm mm-hmm. so. Um, do you know Tavia? Mm-hmm. I am working with her on a web series, which okay. I wrote. Uh, we are co-directing it, but she's mostly going to be directing it, handling mm-hmm. camera and st- stuff like that. I'm going to be in it. So nice. That's coming up soon. Nice. Yeah. Well, if you need audio equipment, let me know. <laughs> we very well might. You, is this yours? Uh, this is, yeah. And I, I actually, for a pilot that I just shot mm-hmm. this past weekend, yeah. uh, I went ahead and invested in a... Um, uh, a really nice Sennheiser um, boom. Oh wow! Uh, so that we've got something that that will do right. good quality audio. Why do you? Uh, uh, what pilot did you shoot? Uh, we shot one that we're going to submit for the New York Television Festival. Wow! Uh, we so you shot like a full pilot? No, that's the thing. So when they came here for that uh, panel, um, they were saying that that they didn't want they don't want to see full pilots for right. it. They want to see like eight to ten minutes. And we happen to have this scene or a pair of scenes in our in our film that. Or our uh, uh, pilot that um, really tell, told like eighty percent of the story in that scene. Okay. So we just punched up the scene to add enough to tell effectively the whole story in the scene. Who is we? You in? Uh, me and Robbie, who's in uh, Robbie Justice, who's in uh, Magenta. Robbie, which one is he? Uh, uh, curly hair, beard, uh, taller guy. 
That describes most white men in this building. <laughs> the curly hair part doesn't. The, the white guy with the brown hair, the boots, he wears a plaid T-shirt. He does improv, probably went to an expensive college, uh, said something pretentious that one time I talked to him. That describes like 95% of the males that in this me? building. That me? No, your hair is kind of wavy. If I was going to describe you, would you like the other 5%? I like that that's the one thing, that's yeah. the one thing that, that deviates from the rest of Well, no, the thing for you is like you're the guy with the beard, yeah. which is the other 5% of the people in this building. It's me, it's Matt, and... The white guy with the beard. Yeah. You're the, the you know that tall white guy with the beard. He hangs out with the other white guy, wears the plaid shirt and the boots <laughs> and Yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so uh so the two of us wrote, wrote a pilot. It's actually based on one that he and a friend of his had had come up with the idea for back okay. when he was uh, living in West Virginia. Oh and West Virginia, that's a terrible place to be for. <laughs> well that's why he came here. Uh but yeah, so and and he actually did the podcast with me, and immediately after that, we got an email about a like a television competition thing because they they send these out to us yeah. constantly about yes, yes, you know these the submission deadlines and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, and so he got a he got we got one, and and we just started. He was like, "Yeah, I've had a I've had a pilot idea. We just haven't been able to like crack it down to get it down to like a half an hour. It feels right. like it needs to be a feature." Uh-huh. And so he he kind of you know half pitched it to me. And I was like, well, that's easy to fix. Like, cause that's, that's what I was doing before is I was doing a lot of 48 hour, 72 film fast, stuff like that. And doing right. like taking whatever ideas that my writers gave me and, you know, break it down into something that we can shoot in a day, okay. you know, something cool, that, that's cool, actually cool. functional right, right. and gets, you know, fits the time frame and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I got good at, at doing that stuff. Okay. And so I was able to like help him like, all right, we can cut these three characters and mash them into this one or, you know, no, and, yeah, I, of, feel, I feel you. I feel and you. build it out from there. Uh-huh. And we came up with this, uh, ha- we within like he went back and wrote the first draft of the pilot and we bounced it back and forth a couple of times mm-hmm. and then found, you know, we went for the, we weren't going to submit it for anything now. We were going to wait until like the end of the year until that thing came up. But then this, yeah, the, the mm. New York television festival popped up and they had the people come and tell us, you know, and, and he was sitting right behind me and I turned around. I'm like, we could shoot this. Right. Like we've got a Where month and a half it? left. Um, so Mike Gifford that I was talking about before, he, uh, he Mike has Gifford? Mike Gifford, the, the, the teacher that was paired with Rachel. Ah, yeah. Mike. Uh, Mike. Yeah. So that he, guy. he, um, he had as a friend that works in an office over, uh, in, um, uh, Bucktown that nice. uh, uh, that is was willing to let us use the office for free. Oh, and what? so we went and what shot it there. Like? Uh, it's well, we needed a windowless office. Windowless, so, yeah. And so, we so were there's no find, windows. Well, no, the this, there's one room that has no windows. Ah, like the entire rest of it is just a, a bit like a giant bay of windows. Like I'm, that's what I was like. That's like like the, the an odd. A windowless office. What, yeah. is what is this pilot about? So the pilot's about a um, a guy who is a Hollywood um, like action star nice. gets blackballed from Hollywood cool. uh, for some incident that we don't really explain what it is. We just kind of let the audience He's just apply. Well, I mean, that doesn't yeah, matter. Uh, gets blackballed from Hollywood, moves back home uh, to live with his mother in Chicago, nice. and uh, winds up it's like she forces him to go get a job, and the only job he can get is working for. 
his high school, but like his childhood best friend mm-hmm. at the movie theater that that guy owns and runs. Nice. And they do uh, dinner in a movie style screenings of like classic films. And then they all dress up to match like the film that they're screening. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they serve like food, you know, uh, dinner menu and that sort of thing there. This uh, sounds like a white guy hipster show. Oh, it very much is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was this written by two like white guys. It was hipsters, written so. by the, the yeah. guy with the beard and the guy who's wearing the boots. And the yeah, there shirt. you go. Uh, but, but at any rate, <laughs> so. Used that joke enough yet? <laughs> Have I nailed I, it in that this building is full? as you're wearing a There's plaid shirt yourself as and wearing, boots? By yeah, the way. yeah. So let's. Just I'm go the ahead black guy though. I get to wear whatever I want. Uh, if I was wearing a fairy costume right now, you guys would just have to deal with it. <laughs> That's the reparations of being black. We I like the you guys. Like you're, it's the, just ev- me. The, the, everyone else in this building. There are others. Everyone else can deal with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so it takes place in a movie theater, and so we wanted something that looks kind of like, you think like the back office at like a Chili's that's just like shoved in into whatever empty space in the building that they've got. Uh, Why did you say Chili's? Because that's one that I think most people would get as a, as a context. TGI Fridays, Chili's, Applebee's. That's just, those are just terrible restaurants. They are. But they're but all they the all same restaurant in my mind. Yeah. But, it, but and, and you you know the office I'm talking about. Yeah. Like no, the, I know exactly what you mean. It's that little one, you know. I just think it's funny that like you said Chili's. Like, I think, because <laughs> I, I hate Chili's. Sure. I hate Applebee's too. I hate TGI Friday. And you can hate all of them. I, I, I don't disagree with, with much of that. But so I, I'm not. I'm just thought it was funny. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. But no, no, it's okay. Uh, but uh, so it's um, so we wanted some a space for that because it's it's basically one scene like right. an ensemble cast piece, and so we've got them all in this room, oh, just true. kind of you know fly, like jokes flying back and forth. I think so. I saw who was on this set. Uh, so we had um, Tyler Brown, uh, Katie Klein. Um, Max Nadved, who's in my cohort, mm. uh, was was our action star guy, and if you saw him, you'd know okay. why. Uh, was him for that? Was um, what's Diego there? Diego was was on it. Okay, yeah. that's what I saw. I saw pictures of him there. I think were pictures posted online. Probably. Yeah. I saw. Yeah, I saw Diego in some weird room, and I was like, "What the fuck is Diego doing?" Yeah. I know D- Diego's like the one person from the younger cohorts that I know. Yeah, yeah, and so he was he was uh, he was in it, and. Um, uh, and then this uh, actress Ashley Smith, and then myself and one of the other guys You're from in Magenta. It? Yeah. Oh, who do you play? I I don't. Are you the Hollywood guy? No, no, that's the other guy. So we have one woman that's a that's a chef named Oswald. You're a and woman. She, no. Okay. <laughs> there's one woman that's a chef named Oswald, and she has an army of cooks that that nice. travel with her that are just big guys. And These so it's guys. me and two other guys, one from Siam, one from Magenta. Are uh, they as big as you? I'm the biggest by a, by a little bit, but they're both bigger oh, guys. Man, it would be really funny if like it was supposed to be like an army of like really big guys, but like you were the only big guy that they could find, and everyone else was like my size. It was looking that way. Like I didn't want to be in it originally. I want to be able to be behind the camera for it. Right? Uh, Is that your thing, like camera stuff, DP? Or I, I so I've been doing a lot of that stuff here, but it's not my. I'm I'm not the best cinematographer. There are definitely okay. people out there who know that better than I do, mm-hmm. but. I know what I want to see and okay. I know I know how to shoot something because I, I I'm probably mostly an editor, ah, but I'm an editor that I that learned how to shoot based on what I was missing when I went to go edit. Okay. So I know how to get coverage in just enough. Right. Like because I'm so used, like 48 and stuff like that just to I don't need the same scene done from six different angles all the way through most right. of the time because I know. Well, Where here I'm here I'm punching it. in, here I'm punching mm-hmm. out, so I can kind of bounce around that stuff. Especially if we do the planning, and that that's been the cool thing here is just being able to spend the time on 
pre-production and actually nail down exactly what you want to get. I don't like any of that stuff. So yeah, that's no, not not. Well, let me explain what I mean by that. Like punching, because I that I'm sorry, that was a very rude way to say it. What I meant by that, <laughs> I think is, it was rude. It was honest. I like weird long. Did angled you brush your teeth? Shots. <laughs> I, this morning, <laughs> I actually have toothpaste and a toothbrush in my backpack. All right, and then All right. I carried around with. Good me. to know. Sorry, didn't mean no, to cut you're you off. good. But I like like weird long. Like if I was gonna shoot a scene. Like two people talking like this, or like, yeah. like I would like to be as far away as possible. And then in those moments where like you want to cut in, yeah, like I don't. I think that's very interesting. Like kind of like you're a person and you're watching it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, does that make sense? The fly on the wall perspective yeah. of things. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah, I see. That my my tendency is, I've I've kind of figured out that shooting too wide gets boring. It can. Some, you and, definitely and, have to go in at some point, yeah. but I think I like to wait until the last possible second. Sure, but the, the, there's still that need to push it. Like, and, yeah, and yeah, versus yeah. I, I've seen a lot of things um, coming from people either in this program or just college programs in general that are they're just they're too wide. They're too entire. experimental. They're trying to make a cool shot, or or they're just they're just not aware of. Like they think, oh, I need to see all four of these people in the frame. It's like, right. no, no, you don't. You don't. You don't. I need to see that one person. Right. And, and looking then it's funny is because when that guy does do the funny thing, then you cut to him and everyone's like, oh, I forgot he was in the room. Yeah. But as long as you establish that he was in the room at the top, it doesn't matter. I love those scenes. I love yeah. stuff where you get like five or six people mm-hmm. just going at once. You really like community. It is. It is. <laughs> but I, I, that's, that's the same reason that the, the episode of uh, of uh, the, the office, office is so funny. Right, it's right. the same thing. It's, it's same like thing. six people in a room, and it's no, just there's, they they get up to eight. It's uh, because Dwight shows up. Remember with right, his with his, his uh, old babysitter. His babysitter. <laughs> yeah, who they make she comes back. I don't. What episode is it? Oh, this is gonna piss me off. Cut this if I don't remember. Oh. She, they bring her back in one episode. Oh, okay. So when Dwight um, gets, he gets to hire someone to work at Jim's desk. When Jim is going, back she comes forth, back for that. She comes back for that, and it's like they don't. They like someone talks to her, and she goes, "Oh, I was his babysitter, and then we dated for a while." And it was like such like a long after. Like this is when they're yeah. like, it's at the end, and like I, I love The Office. Even at the end, a lot of people tap it out but like, oh, yeah even those moments i still thought was great and it was like such a good callback like i, I love that stuff yeah, yeah. That, that was what made um uh, arrested development so crazy is like that, that they but they 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 like you want to talk about the king of callbacks like yeah, 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 yeah. that show would plant something in season one and pay it off in season four yeah like <laughs> right. they would sit on it and bring it back right. way later. Like they they had so they had the, the episode where where Tobias blew himself and he he was he mm-hmm. turned all blue and he was in Blue Man Group and he so he, he was walking around the house touching things and he was leaving blue handprints for the entire rest of the series. You would just be they would just have a shot and there would just be a blue handprint <laughs> on on, the, on like right. a cabinet or right. uh, or you know on the floor or like they they're just all over and the place. It just happens, right? It's it's, it, it's part of the world. Like yeah. that's that's very much an improv sensibility of yeah, like oh yeah, for sure. once something's added into the world it exists in that it world exists. and you have to carry it on forward but it, yeah. it's so funny because especially in improv where people don't get to see that stuff continue like when you bring it back right. audiences are like what but right. even when they see it it's it's amazing like have you seen improvised shakespeare yes it's 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 the best show that. i've seen in, in chicago right i think it's one of the best improv shows i've ever seen i agree um, they're the they're the best 
they're the best improv company in Chicago. Yeah. I probably shouldn't say that in Second City, but I'll fucking say it. Like, <laughs> fuck. I'm not going to say that. But, <laughs> um, but no, I think, I, yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. Definitely on my list of, like, if you're in Chicago, you should go to that. There's there's the uh, the key endorsement, the hot take. Yes, the hot um, take. Well, cool. So just wrapping up here, um, if you want to tell people if they want to come find you on social media, track you down, see what you're up to, yes. uh, see if you're making it on to Atlanta or Insecure or any of the, that other stuff that you're, that you're aiming soon. for, uh, um, where, where can they find you? So uh, my Instagram is... Uh, search Erickson Dockery, E-R-I-K-S-O-N-D-O-C-K-E-R-Y. Is it just your name? No, it's oh, okay. my. That's how you can find me. My name is at Boxcar Todd, B-O-X-X underscore, or no, B-O-X-X-C-A-R underscore Todd. Uh, it came from an, actually an improv scene in Rachel's class. <laughs> I became a character named Boxcar Todd and just embodied it. I, I am Boxcar Todd. Do you know John Barnes? Yeah, yeah. So, and John, did you watch his final film? Uh, the maybe. W- the VR one where, like, you can, like... I've seen bits and pieces. I saw something that he posted. Yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't watched the whole thing. If you watch the whole thing, it's really funny because... Yeah, I'm in. I'm an extra in it, but it's like shot in 360, mm-hmm. so you can like turn the camera around and everything. Yeah. So you turn the camera around and like the scene's still going, but the credits are rolling. And for the extras name, he asked me how to spell my name, and I told him to put me in a boxcar, Todd. And I didn't realize it for like a month because I didn't know how to find the credits. Yeah. And then when I one day I was looking at it, and I actually turned around and I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's great. So if you want me to find me on Instagram, you can find me at boxcar, Todd. Um, hopefully this summer, actually definitely this summer, um, check out, uh, micro. Okay. It is the web series. Um, I'll be watching. It'll be strictly an Instagram series, 25 episodes coming this summer. Nice. 25 episodes in 75 days. So, whoa, wait, that you're shooting or that you're, no, they'll be out. They will be, they're they're, they're being posted. They'll uh, be posted. Okay. One one every three days, one every three days, 25 episodes, 75 days. All right. Make sure to check that out. It's called micro. Um, yeah. Awesome. It's out there now. So it's gonna, it's gotta happen. It's gotta come to fruition. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, Harrison, thank you for the time. Thank you for having me. I really, this is, I'm really excited that we did this. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad we did. All right. Thanks. That was Erickson Dockery. Thank you to Erickson and to the Harold Ramis Film School and Second City staff for their help. The song on this week's episode was Without You by Derek Every. Check out more of Derek's music at DerekEvery.com. That's D-E-R-E-K-E-V-R-Y. This show was recorded and edited by me, Tony Lazzaroni. If you want to hear more from me and my classmates, teachers, and a few special guests, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you have questions or comments, send us an email at filmstudentpod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at filmstudentpod. And be sure to check out some of my and my classmates' work at filmstudentpod.com. And one last reminder, the submission deadline for fall class at the Harold Ramis Film School is May 31st. Find out more at secondcity.com slash herald dash See you all next week. Class dismissed. <laughs>